0: One Betty. One Veronica.
1: One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer.
0: I'm your other host, Eric's a good night professional artist and illustration nerd.
1: And we are the Hansel Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 202. Eric, I only have one question for you.
0: What's that? Are you ready? This is, this is the, the corn talk. It just never stops. It never stops. So is that, I mean... We didn't introduce ourselves as one freak and one leash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm not Jonathan Davis Fieldy. I don't. No, I can't name any other members of Corn. So those. Oh, are those. I
0: can't. His name was uh, was West something, wasn't it? That's the that bass player that's, that wore the contacts.
1: That's Limp Biscuit. Oh, really? West Borland is Limp Biscuit, oh, and Jesus. then he made it. He and then he has his own band, Darkest no, Days. No, monkey, monkey, monkey's the guy's monkey. name, for monkey Korn. is in Corn. You're right. Yeah. With it, and it's M U N. KEY.
0: Yes. Yes. This is bad. Like, These are
1: this is bad. People that no, we shouldn't this is corn is this is all bad.
0: I Monkey. I don't know if I mean while while you were saying all that stuff, I started vaping. Like no. I didn't I I I did not vape before you said it and I and now I vape. That's all it took. I got gauges. I got a bunch of tattoos that are meaningless. Are they tribal? Basically though? my life is terrible now. Are
1: your tribal tattoos? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's those are the best ones because all those tribes you belong to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, ants some mites. I are. I apologize for all the corn talk. I had. It's bad. Corn's bad.
0: <laughs> don't listen to them. Don't. Don't. Don't be a hater, bro. Don't be a hater.
1: All right. Uh, I'll expect a, a book report on the entire discography of corn. You can turn it in in one week.
0: Don't. Don't be. Don't be a hater or an English teacher.
1: I mean. I was pretty close to becoming an English teacher at one point. Yeah.
0: No, I understand. You uh, have an English degree.
1: Yeah, it's not much else. Uh, there's, uh, We're going to be discussing Squadron Supreme by Mark Greenwald, uh Bob Hall, Paul Ryan. Not that Paul Ryan. Different different Paul Ryan. Later on, the congressman is not also a, a comic book artist from the 80s.
0: I mean, you don't know.
1: I'm pretty sure I do know that.
0: He's... Uh, he's... He's writing that that uh, sweet uh, Ditko Ayn Randian dystopian. He's not.
1: He's not that no he's not that kind of no. Um but we we'll get there. We'll talk about Squad Supreme talking about speaking of dystopia and Ayn Randian. We'll get to that later. First up, we've comic books that came out this very week to talk about. It's time for weekly floppies. We have a lot of pieces of our show. Eric and I read a selection of this week's, this week's books to tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, we have a mush meter goes from one to five if we are feeling particularly mushy about our feelings. Our first book of the week is Void Trip, number one story by Ryan O'Sullivan. Art and cover by Plaid Klaus, lettered by Aditya Bidikar. Plaid? Hey, I'm just reading it.
0: it says, yeah. It says Plaid. It does say that. I'm, I'm actually quite stunned that I missed that. I don't know. I, I would imagine with the last name Klaus, he is um, – he does not just – that's – I don't know. He does not come from standard white boy family like I do.
1: All right, Mr. Eric Zebulon, good night. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this comic book here? Uh, with The adventures of Kara, uh, Dele- Televinia, I, I think, and the yeah, i think, Band. I think,
0: I think the most concise thing you can say about this comic is, uh – because,
1: uh, yeah, no,
0: this this is, is like, what the hell is it trying to say? It's, it's a little hard. It's a hard sell, I think, because basically all I get from this is like, it's like a fugitive story mashed up with, um, fear and loathing in Las Vegas.
1: I, yes, I was going to say
0: fear and loathing in Las
1: Vegas, maybe some Jay and Silent Bob as well.
0: Hmm, I get that it's got a woman yeah. that looks like Jason Mewes.
1: Mhm. And Cara Della. I know I don't know how to say that models that actress models last name, but that she looks a lot this character looks a lot like her.
0: I don't know who you mean.
1: Uh she was in the Suicide Squad movie. And she's in that last uh She was in that last uh Luke Besson movie as well.
0: You don't mean Margot Robbie. I
1: do not mean Margot Robbie. I mean this person, right? So, here. so that's
0: a name that I think you can remember.
1: You look at that picture of her on the Wikipedia, and you tell me they don't. This is not the same.
0: This is not a bad comic, but like, why the hell would you want to read it? It does have Zen, the intergalactic ninja, in it. It and has he kills the like kills a nice trucker guy. It
1: it has an octopus man who goes on a drug trip, mm-hmm. which is my favorite part of this book,
0: honestly. I I can see her face now. She does look a lot like this person, um,
1: Delavine. Okay, that's how you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, this is fugitive stoner drug, drug trip kind of, kind of story. I frankly don't like them mostly Mm -hmm. ever. I don't, there's very few of them that I enjoy. Even the really well executed ones. I think the art in this is, is fun and good for the most part. I like the designs on the aliens. I like the drug trip sequence a lot with a weird fruit. I like It's, I think it's a little aimless by design because it is these kind of stoner drug, druggies just kind of, I don't know, aimlessly wandering through the universe to get to this last, this, this, their MacGuffin, which is apparently inside the comic, even impossible to get to unless you aimlessly wander there. Uh, I don't know. I I I think I'm a do not buy. I just, it's it's, this is not for me.
0: It's worth ignoring honestly um for just for the simple the fact of the matter that there are a lot of comics and there are other things to spend your cash on this is this is not gonna grab me i don't know if you're a weird person and any of the things we've said like really stand out to you maybe give it a give it a shot but nah i'm 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 not into it
1: yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Double Do Not Buy, Void trip number one. Next up, Imaginary Fiends, number one. Re- Re- uh, see, writer, Tim Seeley, art, Stephen Molnar, colors, Quentin Winter, letters, Carlos M. Mangual. So, some vertigo horror for you, Eric.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a really super weird book. It is strange. A- and I don't not enjoy it. I do like... The, the work of Tim Seeley, I did find this super interesting. Um, I didn't find it bad, just kind of not as strong as maybe it could be.
1: Yeah, that's where I came like, to as well. I,
0: I, I kind of feel like it is framing this story wrong, or it's framing it in a confusing way. I don't think this is the most effective way to tell this narrative that it's kind of like everything that happens is very clearly preamble and where the book ends is where our story starts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: It's a lot. One, there's a lot of information given to you in this
0: thing Mm -hmm. and she's a kid. She's an adult in in a a mental hospital and then she's a, a detective. Yeah. That, like we see all of that in and how many pages is this? Twenty-two pages, twenty-three pages.
1: Yeah. Standard
0: so, Standard. A, a regular standard comic and it shows all this shit.
1: It's a it's a lot, and mm-hmm. I think some of it is better off not said. Yep. I think that the idea of it is still interesting and has things you could do with it. It reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of lock and key. Yeah. You know, I with, I
0: don't I don't I don't not see that.
1: I mean, I think it's just like, I think the art show is somewhat similar and I like the idea of these weird figures in people's heads and only some people can see them and things like that. You know, it also has some, I don't know, it's using, uh, like fairy tales and rhymes and stuff and, you know, turning the idea of imaginary friends on its head and all that stuff. And there's stuff to get into there. There's, there's room for, for story, but there's a lot, like, you get thrown a lot in this first issue with all these different characters, and then all of them, you see them young and old, and uh-huh. I, I, it, it feels like it doesn't trust the reader. It feels like I have to tell them everything and then get them started here uh-huh. when, you know, dole it out a, a little bit slower, a little bit more organically, maybe, or I don't, I don't necessarily need to know all of these things right away. I think this book probably reads better in trade. Mm. When you don't, I don't know. It's, I, I, I like it, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know about. I would probably give a second issue a look and see how I feel and see how it, like how it works. Otherwise, I'd probably just say, "Oh, come back in and trade and read it. Check it out. It's not bad. It's just wonky.
0: It's wonky. I don't think. I, I." Mm. I don't think we're ever going to see any of the stuff that was framing the front of this story. It's just gone. So why we spent this time on it? Yeah, everything you just said, I agree with completely. It does seem intriguing. Tim Seeley, good writer. Um, and he's a.
1: Also I think like, this just
0: neat. This just yeah, this just needs edits.
1: He's also a good horror writer in general. Like yes, that's like that's the thing. I'm like. It's a it's a weird that's the makes even the decisions in this a little weirder to me is that he generally has a really good handle on writing horror stories specifically above everything else. Um, I will probably we'll we'll probably read issue two of this uh, if we can if we're not Christmasing. Um, I think I'm a buy, but a mushy buy, like a four.
0: Mm. I would almost say pass on it. Honestly, it's pretty flawed. <sighs> I'm right there on the edge. Let's say I'm going five.
1: Okay, don't push you though.
0: Yeah, don't uh, stiff breeze, and I'm 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 a do not buy on this one.
1: So that's a uh, double buy uh, with a mush meter of four and a half on Imaginary Fiends number one. Next up is Betty and Veronica Vixens number one, story by Jamie Lee Rotante, art Eva Cabrera, colors Ilana Elena Unger, letters Rachel Deering. I I know you love Archie a lot. Archie Comics.
0: It is it is on record that it is my favorite thing right after being kicked in the balls.
1: <laughs> so how could we skip the Betty and Veronica form a motorcycle gang comic book? Mm-hmm. And I guess this is an AU. I don't think this is canon Archie right now.
0: Yeah, I don't think it is.
1: Uh I don't like this.
0: Yeah, it's um it's a silly childish tweed little goofy little book it's 22 pages and no thank you
1: it's it's my (laughs) okay archie is saccharine romance a lot of the time
0: right um it's i don't even think it is i don't think it's i i don't think they're ever really romance okay well there's
1: it's it's not it's never i don't know i mean i guess the, the the reboot of archie Tries to Mm -hmm. be a little bit more serious, but I guess prototypical, stereotypical Archie of yesteryear is always, oh no, there's a problem. Uh, Miscommunicate. It's like, you know, they're, you know, people trying to go out on dates and then, Mm -hmm. you know, Jughead's cheap. It's
0: primarily, it's primarily comedy. Yeah. You know, gags that's, you know, based loosely around teen romance,
1: but very light. very of not much import it is a a a, tonally it is very light and at times this book seems to try and like want to tell a little heavier kind of like gang violence and like beating people with brass knuckles kind of story
0: Uh and
1: I don't know. That is a very delicate balance to, to try and strike between like, Hey, Betty and Veronica, when they go to high school are nice and sweet, but when they're in this motorcycle gang, they beat, beat people up with brass knuckles. And there's this time jump at the beginning. It's like, yeah, three weeks prior. And you see, I don't like, I don't need to see how it all started. Jump me to the action. I know Archie. I know Archie. I know Betty and Veronica. I know, I, I know the characters. You don't have to go, like, Archie accidentally knocking over motorcycles, and now there's a gang war. Like, just get to the gang war. I'm like, I could... You could sell me on, like, a... Like, I like the Archie horror comics. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they are unabashedly, like, we're horror comics first, and then it... And because they feature these characters, you're not used to being in this setting. They're fun and novel. This is like an Archie comic where they try and throw in gangs and make it seem serious, but nothing of... There's no... Like, there's nothing so terrible in this thing that makes me go, oh, man, it's getting serious now. It's just a bunch of people, like, eh, yeah. what's having a bike, your gang. I'm like, eh, that's not, eh. It, I, I'm not, like, I don't think I am, like, I don't know, fundamentally opposed to this idea. I am just, mm-hmm. I, I just don't like this execution of it.
0: I think, um, if this is a book... That you like look at the cover and you're like, oh, girl biker gang! Look at how cute their outfits are. That's that, that that I think that's really mostly what this book is about. I think so. I and 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 whatever. Bless your heart. I uh I I, I definitely am not gonna judge. I'm not gonna yuck someone's yum on this. But like, it is kind of silly that this is an Archie comic. This is this is just like, I don't know. This is another. Dumb girl gang book, you know, or at least it's trying to be.
1: We've seen a lot of these
0: actually recently, and I don't. We have, and I I don't know really. The first one that I remember was that curb stomp book. Mm-hmm. That was awful.
1: There's um
0: and was in Hell's
1: Kitchen or the one with the Hell's
0: Kitchen was definitely more interesting. But still I didn't think it was great. And it wasn't really girl gang. It was like girl mobsters. Yeah, and then there's Hi Fi Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. And I I it, it Hi Fi Fight Club I think is more interesting than any of these. I think it's more interesting. It's also I think I don't know.
1: I I would read that I'll read that in trade. I'm yeah. not gonna follow that issue issue. It's just not enough meat for me. Uh do I do not I'm gonna do not buy. I don't like, it's this is it like if you like the idea of I, I don't know i feels like there's not there's no substance here it's
0: all style i just feel like it's a thing i don't understand that it's like a weird blend of things you know like like a lot of these books that we just described like they seem to want to have this tough facade or something but they're 100% fluff do you know what? Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the th- that's my problem with this book fundamentally. No, no, that... I,
0: I don't mean like content-wise fluff. I mean like they're very soft books, you know. Like a gang is about like horrifying violence, and these things are not about that. I, I don't know that this is like the emergence of a genre that I'm just never gonna get. It's a weird thing to me. Yeah, I don't know. It, um, it, like I, I, I'm all for. Like powerful female characters, you know. I'm all for books about women. I just like it's like, why are you doing these things, and why are you calling these things like it's It's more like it's almost like a magical girl story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, i understand. they like kind of they they just kind of like magically become these powerful things. Except it's like these stereotypically masculine things, like gangs that go around like smashing people's brains out with baseball bats and leg like it's 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 a weird thing. They just become it and it's not about violence. It it really seems like it's mostly about cute outfits. It is a weird weird thing and it's definitely like a trend at this point. I think so. Um that being said, I like cute outfits. <laughs> I enjoy the art in this book. It's not as good as um, Hi-Fi Fight Club, but it's cute. It's fun. Why does it make me think of Kim and Kim? Who's I mean, the artist on Kim and Kim?
1: I don't remember. Off the top of my head. Same person. Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, all, all of a sudden. Eva uh, Cabrera, mm. whose name I just probably slaughtered. It's alright. I'm sorry. Um... Yeah. I think I'm a do not buy.
1: (laughs) You're allowed to to have your opinion. Yeah. I think anyone who likes all those books probably would like this, but I don't – it just – I think nothing in it grabbed me at all.
0: I would not count Kim and Kim in that category. I wouldn't either. I think Kim
1: and Kim has substance.
0: Kim and Kim is, like, exactly what I want to see.
1: Yeah, I think actually that is, like – I, I wouldn't put it in this category, but I feel like it has it strikes the tone correctly.
0: Yes, like good female characters doing female shit, kicking ass at the same time. It, it's a cool book. Mm-hmm. Like these are just it I
1: don't, doesn't. It. It's a, I, I
0: don't that's know. another.
1: It it's another R two book that Eric does not want. Yep. Yep. Adds for to the another pile. Another one.
0: Another one for the fucking pile. For the pyre, <laughs> For the compost heap. <laughs>
1: A uh, double buy, a double. Oh, double. Do not buy. Almost, I didn't and finish it.
0: Almost, I didn't finish it. Us up. I didn't
1: finish it, so it doesn't matter. Double, do not buy. Betty and Veronica, Vixen, number one. Next up is Thanos, number thirteen, written by Donny Cates, art Jeff Shaw, colors Antonio Fabella, letters Clayton Cowles. This is the God Country team, Buzzkill team, doing some Thanos.
0: Okay, so I read all of our comics this week. Didn't like a lot of them. Save this for the last. Okay. So I wanted to feel good about myself. <laughs> okay. And? I, I'm going to... Dolly Kate's better hope he doesn't ever run into me at a con, because I'm probably going to try and make out with him. <laughs> okay. That, no, that dude is fucking awesome. This book is fun as fuck. Not a lot happens, unfortunately, but it does have Space Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. which, fuck! <laughs> it's really... <laughs> Where has that been all my life?
1: No, I, I feel like it is the first issue of their run, and it is – I wouldn't say nothing happens. I think it really does a good job of establishing the tone, for one, of exactly, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. And it's fun, insane space stuff with Thanos, yep. which yep. – and they take – I think it is a – Thanos is a difficult character, especially as a main protagonist of a book, because he's like a god, Mm-hmm. there's not really much you can throw at him that he can't handle. And so you have to, you know, this reminds me of that, uh, the, the Jason Aaron's Thor, the very beginning of Thor, his Thor run, where he's kind of breaking this, breaking the character down into his very essential elements and kind of building a story out of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is what that feels like. And then adding in some of the, I don't know, Donny Cates, little bit of insanity, and in silliness <laughs> that I mostly welcome. I that we don't see enough of. I think that's Thanos himself is super self serious, doesn't crack jokes, but by populating the story with characters like this cosmic future ghostwriter who's insane.
0: Like Did you did you notice that uh, when he takes him to the future? Future Thanos is sitting in Galactus's corpse.
1: Mhm. His skull and his mouth. Yeah. It's pretty his good. His
0: skull. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah.
1: I it I expected to like this, but I it it uh, cuz all the comics that these two guys have made are have been very mm. good. This yeah. time, so this continues to be very good.
0: Uh I'm I'm Something re- about the scene setting also remind it, it also makes me think of God Country. But I mean, it would it's epic,
1: big setting, big yes. like purposely aiming for broad. God's Look how big! Titans. Yes, yeah, which is you know Thanos is Snowblood. blood. Yeah, it's pretty good too. Yeah,
0: Rainy Blood. Yeah. It's from, it, a from a lacerated, lacerated sky. sky. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a, I don't know. It's great. I get this. It's a buy. It's my favorite comic this week by far.
0: Yeah, uh, it 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 definitely made me happy.
1: So, double-bye, Thanos number 13. And lastly, the big book of the week, Doomsday Clock number one, written by Jeff Johns, illustrated Gary Frank, Brad Anderson on colors, Rob Lay, doing the letters.
0: This is the first book I read, and this ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as it could be. We've definitely read... Other stuff that was worse than mm-hmm. this? Um, I don't know. I, um. Did you read that article mm-hmm. that I sent you? I, I read, about all, I read all
1: four parts of it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, like, okay. So before we even get to the contents of the comic book, we should, there's a, an article, a four part article on Comics Bulletin, uh, about the rights issues of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons and how they, DC has, Repeatedly screw them over, uh, over and over and over again, over Watchmen. I, I, th- I'm pretty familiar with that story already. I, so it's not like it's news to me, honestly. I mean, it's nice to see it all concisely put in one place and kind of someone like arguing against all the people that are like, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. Alan Moore's a jerk, But, Um, so like it is gross. This comic, like I'm sure Jeff John's. And, uh, 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 Gary Frank, love Watchmen. I'm sure they want to make a great comic that is a sequel to it. I think a lot of most comic creators nowadays love Watchmen and respect what it did and what it, what it does and how good it is. I like all that is like, I'm not going to try and make the argument that you shouldn't read this comic because it is unethical. Because I, we should never read Spider-Man then. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of – or most of the Jack Kirby creations or Simon & Schuster or Bill Finger. Like there's so many names from the past who don't get – who never got the – like how much money has Batman made in this 80 years he's existed and how much money did Bill Finger get? Not much. And he didn't even get credit until like five years ago. Um, I'm going to make the argument you shouldn't read this comic book and we're not going to read any more of these because uh, this is not a good comic. I, here, here, this is my take on this. Here. 100, here's I'm, 100. I'm fine.
0: I, I, I still don't think we've wet, we have read. This is not the worst comic this oh. week, but I'm interested to hear what you think about it.
1: No, it's not the worst comic this week. I, you're correct. I, I feel like it, it there's too much, like, the, all the people working on this are, are extraordinary professionals, veterans, you mm-hmm. know? They're not mm-hmm. gonna make simple mistakes. Like, I'm sure this is, like, m- meticulously written and uh-huh. drawn, and planned, and pr- like they know that, I mean, everywhere I've looked, every comic shop I follow on Twitter, everyone's like, Doomsday Clock selling out. Everyone's like, man, so many people want this comic. So they know a lot of people, not a lot of people's eyes are on it. There's a lot of pressure on them because it is a sequel to Watchmen. Uh-huh. So, no, it it, it it doesn't, it's not like it falls apart plot wise or anything like that. I'm sure I, I, when I, I read this it made me think of Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull.
0: It's pretty fair where I saw that in theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, of course I did too.
1: Okay. I didn't know. I don't know. I mean, a smart person probably wouldn't have, uh, but I was like, I need to do this. I, I didn't,
0: think that it was a thing to do at a certain point.
1: I went with the, the one of the other Eric's actually mm-hmm. Eric Hawk, who's a, the biggest Indiana Jones fan. I know. We, we came out of that movie. We are laughing. Because it felt like the, it felt like a parody of Indiana Jones movies. It felt like they were mm-hmm. hewing so close to that formula of here's it, here's what we do, here's Indiana, here's Harrison Ford, here's doing the keys, that says kid a lot, he, the hat and the whip and the snakes and that's all those things, all those things you know. And then you just do a little twist, oh, here's a, the young kid and he has, he's a, the, 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 greaser and et cetera. And there's Russians this time instead of Nazis. And it's aliens, whatever. It's just, like, more, like, subtle tweaks on the myths and then the little turns that you would expect in a Indiana Jones movie. This feels like that. It feels like every every step along the way, I'm like, why does this exist? And my only answer is uh because the people at the top know it'll make money, and they want to do it. Jeff Johns is, in, along with Jim Lee, basically in charge of DC right now, and he's the one writing this comic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I like it Mary very, very well like Tom King on Twitter and like a lot of comics creatives are like this is really good you should like I love it Tom King said it's not a sequel it's it's kind of a response to Watchmen and all respect to Tom King the vision is a response to Watchmen like that is a that's what you do if you want to make another comic that kind of re examines and turns superhero comics on their head changes the genre Mm. You don't make a sequel. You don't have any of the same characters.
0: Well, Tom I don't think Tom King is gonna come out.
1: No, I know. He works for DC. He's, he works for he, these
0: people. He works exclusively for DC. He's gonna be like, Well, this comic fucking sucks. Yeah, I know. I sure hate money.
1: <laughs> I just that's and that's all I think. I was like, this is unnecessary. It's it I could not I there's a lot of people who seem to love it. Like everywhere I was looking, it said people. I mean, there's some people also who don't like it. Um, to be fair, but uh, I was expecting more criticism, more blowback. Didn't happen. People are like, "This is great." Who's the new shack And I don't, I, I just couldn't make myself see this past the pastiche. I couldn't see past. Mm-hmm. It felt like this. Just feels like parody. Feels like a
0: the the problem. I think I can kind of state my beef with this, that I think the, what this is going to do is it is going to struggle to get to the center. It is going to try so hard to be excellent and is going to be, at best, okay. It, I don't think it could possibly be great, based on what I'm seeing here. The whole idea is so flawed.
1: It, it When you read Watchmen... It feels like a complete statement Mm-hmm. beginning to end.
0: Does not need any more words and said about it. No. And when you. Re- well, maybe said about it. But not told added, in that universe. Added, well, added to it. And when yeah. you read
1: this and Superman shows up, mm-hmm. like, could there be an interest? Like, I'm sure that like the idea of, hey, Dr. Manhattan and Superman meeting each other. Seem that can be very interesting, but I also realize that wh- why? What is that serving?
0: Mm.
1: That just tell hey, you want Superman and Doctor Manhattan to meet? Go write the best Superman story ever that examines his godhood, that makes him face the same things that Manhattan had to face. Like I am so powerful, what does all this mean? Go write that Superman story, Jeff Johns. Like, why are you involving these Watchmen characters? You have this entire universe to play in, and oh, DC owns Watchmen, so I guess we're just gonna throw them in with there, in the into the the gristle, so that in three years we can have a Rorschach comic in DC continuity, which will happen. If,
0: if, uh, if it's they, about the grossest thing I can think of,
1: any well, if they live, I would assume any of these characters from the Watchmen universe that live live through this are gonna have solo comics. In a Mm. few years or as soon as this is over, frankly, honestly, or after enough time to let it settle. And then, oh, we'll have a, oh, one of your favorite creators is writing it. So it's okay. But that's what I, I guarantee it's going to happen because this thing is going to sell a gajillion copies. And why settle for only like 10 broody antiheroes when you can have another one? That's very recognizable. I don't like, yes, this is unethical to like, you're rubbing it. And like Alan Moore didn't do anything to like. I I, he's not a perfect person but I respect him as a writer and DC has done nothing but kind of screw him over for the last 25 years but I don't think this comic is adding anything of value to the original Watchmen and I don't think it, it like if you want to say something and turn superhero comics on its head again you write something new that's like And Alan Moore has said that. He's like, I was writing things because I wanted new things. I wanted Watchmen to spur people to new creations, to turn things around, not just copy Watchmen. And this is exactly what this is doing. I'm going to do not buy.
0: Well, I'm personally a double buy. I'm going (laughs) to buy two copies.
1: There are people who probably bought five copies.
0: Oh, I am sure. No, this book can go to fucking hell. (laughs)
1: Uh, it's a double do not buy on Doomsday Clock number one. Uh that'll be it for this week. Um there will be we'll not be reading any more Doomsday Clock for this. Maybe down the road we'll get a c we'll read the collection for book club. Maybe.
0: I'm into that, honestly. Sometimes you just gotta sometimes you just gotta read a James O'Barr comic.
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah.
0: You gotta you gotta watch a a, a train explode.
1: We can move on to Our next segment is time for Checking In. Checking In is the part Show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week. uh, Make recommendations or talk about cool stuff or news or whatever we want to talk about, honestly. So, Eric, what's up?
0: I'm painting a mural. How's that going? It's going good. I've only had maybe two days to work on it. Maybe only concentrated four or five hours. But it's not going badly. You know, I'm excited. It's the... First uh, first time I've done something like this, and I'm, I don't know, I'm excited to do more work like this, but it's a, um, it's a learning experience, and it's hard, and it's interesting. I don't know. Have you heard much about it? Have I talked much about it?
1: Uh, you talked about it a little bit last podcast, but you didn't, you hadn't started yet, so I think you're just, you were... I haven't, seen by, any, uh, I haven't seen any in progress or something, so I don't know. I, I did
0: know. tweet one some time ago, but I haven't been taking good progress pics of it. I'm just just trying to focus. I'm not terribly confident in uh, working at this scale. You know, it was honestly kind of terrifying to even paint the wall with a roller uh, because I'm I, I I am afraid of heights and hopping up and down on ladders is not really my bag.
1: Never get used to it.
0: Uh, I have acclimated
1: quite a lot already. I climbed up and down ladders for three years, and every single time I was just like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. But I got it, so I'm gonna.
0: No, I, I, uh, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. I'm also working with a lot of spray paint, which... Um, It's different, you know. But I've got friends that are very good with it, and it's an interesting medium, I think. And um, I don't know, it's got me pretty excited.
1: What do you What are you putting on there?
0: A lady and a squid.
1: Whoa, a lady, you say? Mm -hmm. You don't ever make you never draw them.
0: Never. Eric draws a lot of ladies. I suppose. Yeah.
1: I mean, they are portrayal of women is probably like 90 percent of art in the world so
0: you are correct
1: how long do you how long do you think it's gonna take you
0: i think i can finish in december
1: yeah that's not bad
0: yeah i feel pretty okay about it um it's just i don't know it's gonna be a busy december you know i have um art basel next week
1: going down there you want to is it miami again
0: it is in my, well, yeah, it is always, uh, always in Basel, Miami. Miami beach. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to do that again? Uh, yeah. You know, having missed it, uh, last year, did it in 2015. Right. Um, but yeah, have my Airbnb take some time off. Uh, I was talking to one of my artist friends, one of the ones who is a graffiti painter who has turned me on to painting with cans. um, he, um, he's talking about meeting me down there and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do some go to Winwood and, and try and throw down some painting there. I'm I'm pretty into that idea, but we're going to see neat. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun stuff that, um, uh, could be going on. So I don't know. So what's going on in my world? I can't really recommend um, you know, graffiti art or uh can't? art basel. They're things you can that they're, they're real things.
1: They are. I mean, you can recommend people pursue creative endeavors.
0: I mean, I definitely do recommend people do that.
1: I'm gonna do that as well. Cool. Yeah. Uh I'm still working on anorimo I crossed the fifty thousand because it is
0: still technically November, it isn't is, it? It is
1: it is until November. Thanksgiving Have is not the your... last day of
0: November. <laughs> No, you have. Have you met your word goal for the month?
1: Yes, I've met. I'm at fifty four thousand words and change right now.
0: Congratulations!
1: I probably need another twenty five thousand. Finish
0: the book. Well, just keep grinding. Yep, it can be. It can be nano Decembero.
1: I want to get it done before uh, we have our Christmas vacation. I think that would be good. Um, But that's. I can. I wrote fifty four thousand words in twenty five days. I can do twenty five and another fifteen or so. Um. Still need to, so I'm still finishing that, but yes, uh, pursue creative endeavors is good. Uh, Nanoramo has. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm really, um, uh, I'm really proud of you, dude. That's really cool that you finished again this year. It's, uh, it's good. It's good. No, it... it's, it's I, it feels good. A, yeah, I had a blast when I did it, but God, I did it in fucking 2008.
1: That's a while ago.
0: Yeah, damn, dude. That was a long fucking time. That was a lifetime ago.
1: I think this one is better than the thing I did last year uh mainly because the plot is better plotted you Good. know yeah I think you I'm
0: had more, you had more clue about what you were doing this time
1: Yeah and I have, you know I think that I that's what I treat these as is basically learning experiences like hey figure out well, how you like because you have to do so much work in such a amount of, it's not it's not that writing 1700 words in a day is hard cuz it's not that many words it's doing it every day for a month is the harder part and because you have to do all that work in a short amount of time it i think it is a good crucible a good learning experience a good like way to learn about yourself how how you work and i think that's always good to to kind of hew down to the bone on your process and cuz i think that's how you get better um still working on that almost done i have the end the end is in sight shit's going down i do have a couple of small video games that I played for extra life and I felt I should talk about cuz I think they're fun and interesting um one's a little bit older one's still in early access uh the older game is called Duskers uh Duskers is it's a roguelike in the broadest sense it's not a roguelike in the way that super like uh, the the uh, binding of isaac is one or enter the gungeon where you have like randomly you have the setup is the universe is dead as far as you can tell you're in a it's like the bare aesthetic is basically alien you know the we,
0: movie alien the movie
1: alien yeah where you're mm-hmm. it, you're like in a big old junker ship out in the middle of space alone and the universe has kind of died and you don't know why and you're kind of trying to survive honestly you're going from these derelict vessels Jumping in between them, trying to salvage enough fuel and material to get to the next one and keep traveling until you find the answers. Uh, and what you use to explore these ships are little, uh, drones, like little robots, and you basically command them. It's, there's, it's a sort of a programming game, a very light programming game. You know, you don't have to have programming experience in real languages to be able to play it. But it has very much like go move a drone, a one here and you go to a room and, you know, there's dangers on the ship. You can you have to power up different rooms. There's, it's like a like puzzle solving esque kind of each ship is its own little puzzle because you want to get as much out of the ships as you can avoid all the losing any drones. Your drones kind of eventually degrade. You have to repair them. You find new drones that you can upgrade and repair them. them, And so you can have a bigger army. They all have different, like, abilities. Some can hack computers. Some can, uh, you know, remotely damage things. Some, things, some of them can, like, become invisible, so they can just sneak through rooms where there's enemy drones or creatures. Like, you are never directly engaging with the things on these ships. You're just sending your drones out there to do it for you. And you see a very bare kind of blueprint overlay of the ships as you go, and it feels very much like you're an operator on an old ship, like you would be an alien with this like kind of analog computer technology with like CRTs and like scan lines and all that stuff. But it really nails that aesthetic and really nails kind of the loneliness of it. And it's kind of, it's peaceful. It's kind of relaxing game because you're just kind of like piloting your drones around. You're like, okay, there's something like you can scan the ships. You can say, okay, that, that room has a thing that's bad some kind of enemy i will seal off this one room put a trap in air open this door remotely lure the bad thing into this room close the door behind it detonate the trap monster's dead i can clear out the rest of the ship without worrying about it i have more material i'll jump to the next ship it's kind of a very kind of just like solitary kind of chill game you know if you want like an hour of just kind of peace exploring these weird old ships and kind of slowly piecing together the mystery of like why are all these ships dead if you run out of fuel you will you'll die you'll start over uh and that's like all the ships are procedurally generated and your path basically is procedurally generated hence the roguelike kind of stuff but it's good i'd recommend it, uh, it looks neat uh the other game is in early access on steam is oxygen not included it is a game from Clay K L E I. They also have published uh, Don't Starve, which is a survival game that I'm I'm a fan of, even though it's brutally. Have definitely brutally talked
0: difficult. about it a long time ago.
1: It's brutally difficult. Don't Starve is this game is also difficult, but in a different way. It is also a space simulation, but you start off in. Char- it's like kind of like The Sims, vaguely. Like, you're in charge of these, you get a, like, a crew of three different people, and you're on this asteroid, and you have to build up a base, and let these, get these people to survive, but it is actually very heavy in the science of things, like, it's not, like, one-to-one real science, but... You have to like. You need to produce enough oxygen for these people to live. They produce carbon dioxide. You need to get rid of that carbon dioxide. They need water, and they need water to scrub the like. You when you're building these machines, they kind of hew very close to real world principle where like you need water to scrub the oxygen clean and or scrub the carbon dioxide out. And then you also have to produce food. Oh, there's algae, but the machine you need to build a machine that will create more out. Like there's a lot of different layers of things. Uh. And you're kind of, it's a management sim. I think what, if you hear those two words together, you immediately know if you want the, to play this game or not. <laughs> Some people hear those words, they're like, hmm, all right, space management sim? All right, let me, let me give it a go. And Then everyone's like, oh, management sim. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it, the, the art is very cute. And I think it belies the fact that it is, very hard to keep your people alive for longer than a few weeks. You have to really like, I don't know either. You could just dig into the wiki and figure out, all right, I need to do this, this, and this, and this in this order, or you can just do trial and error. I've been just basically doing trial and error until I can, until they give you a, give you a machine to build that. I don't know what it does. At one point they're like, here's a water pump. I'm like, all right. I theoretically know what water pumps are, right? I think I do. So I put the water pump down in the water to pump water. And it doesn't work. I'm like, hmm. And I put pipes off the water pump to the places where I think the water should go and come from and go out. <laughs> and then it still doesn't work. I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm maybe I don't know what a water pump is. So then I go to the wiki and look up, hey, this is what a water pump. This is how you make it work in the game. Okay, I got it. So I'm not going to bash my head against the wall forever. They just had a big update. I think it's on sale for the big uh uh Black Friday, Thanksgiving fall sale. Twenty dollars. Uh, yeah. That's it's it that's I feel like it, I got a lot of time out of it. I played a lot of it during uh Extra Life, my the marathon, and it's fun. That's all I got. Still haven't gotten a switch. I really want to though. Oh, I want to play Mario. You ready to talk about the squadron supreme, Eric? Uh
0: that's what we came to do.
1: Right, there you go. That's it is our duty. <laughs> it's not a question of what. It's a question of we have to.
0: Mm -hmm. it is our duty we need solemn solemn vow Mm -hmm. to be supreme Mm -hmm. uh squad like (laughs) yes come uh
1: we can move on to our final segment it's time for nervo book club nervo book club is part of show eric and i assign a longer collected work uh discuss it in depth like you would a book but instead it's a comic book this week we are discussing Squadron Supreme, uh, miniseries of 1985, written by Mark Grunwald, pencils by Bob Hall and Paul Ryan. I think there is a Sal Buscema issue in here too. It's 12 issues. On the back cover of my hard copy, Eric. Mm-hmm. Before Watchmen, before Marvels, <laughs> before Kingdom Come. Yeah. There was Squadron Supreme.
0: That's some kind of book.
1: That's, I f- Okay, so Squad Supreme originally was a cheap knockoff of the Justice League used as villains in the Avengers back long time ago. Like
0: all these characters are clear analogs mm-hmm. to Justice League. Not even a little bit subtle. No. Hey, Superman, it's like, okay, that's Wonder Woman, that's Black Canary, that's Green Arrow, that's Xantana. that's Aquaman,
1: Superman, Batman, all of mm-hmm. them. Flash
0: hmm Not even a little bit no, not masked at all. Not subtle. Mm-hmm. It is
1: very clear, like, hey, that's Batman. The nighthawk. It's like,
0: you, Batman. it's like when you just Batman. Right. It's like when you go to the grocery store and you pick up a can of Doctor Thunder.
1: Yeah. And
0: they're not even they're not even Mr. Pibbing it.
1: No. Doctor Thunder.
0: Mm-hmm. And Or Doctor Smooth.
1: Or I there is I there is a picture online of all the various Doctor Pepper analogues. And there's, mm-hmm.
0: like, 30 of them? Dr. Publix?
1: I don't like Dr. Pepper, so you can't... None of them are going to earn my... I don't enjoy any of them.
0: I'll drink all of them. I, that's... I'll make a cocktail of all of them.
1: <laughs> I wonder what that... It can't taste good. I don't know. Probably it just...
0: would taste like Dr. Pepper. It would taste... <laughs>
1: yeah, it probably would just taste like Dr. Pepper. I mean, Pepper.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm about 80 to 90% sure it's going to taste like Dr. Pepper.
1: So this book is basically... I don't know. The, the The elevator pitch is: What if, this, what if superheroes like the Justice League, instead of just waiting for a supervillain to attack and, and beating them up and def- solving it, why, why do that? Instead, let's solve all of Earth's problems through force of will. Let's fix everything mm-hmm. through our own power. We ha- we are the most powerful things on Earth. Why are we waiting? What are we waiting for?
0: be dictators of the earth they, they give themselves a time limit which i had completely forgotten about until the end but yeah
1: it i think its reach exceeds its grasp
0: i think that i would give it more credit than that okay um because i think this is one of the more interesting things we've read this year just simply because it is very much told in that old, very tropey style of like comic, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have the benefit of all the stuff that came after it. It's true, you know, it doesn't have the benefit of all the other people that were deconstructing comics and superhero narrative. It's very, it's told very much in those bright garish like 80s superhero stereotypes. Mhm. And it still manages to do like a childish version of like, you know, like what if this? What would you do to get the cure for cancer? What what if is it like is it like the 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 ethical question of like reprogramming uh felons. Mhm you know i mean all this stuff is like all this stuff is yeah it i was listening to you talk about uh lord of the flies in your simpsons show episode and i it's it's kind of like it's at that level you know it 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 kind of poses these questions which are to pretty good and pretty interesting But like, you know, it's kind of a middle school like exploration of it, Mm -hmm. but told in a me in 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 a genre that just wasn't quite mature yet. You know, I I don't know. I think this is it's really weird and it's really interesting and I kind of hate it and like it in equal equal measures (laughs) like I like it was like pulling teeth to read this, but I'm really glad I read it. It's so weird and so janky. And like, it it is like the malta. Every character is the malto meal character of someone. It's so
1: gross.
0: (laughs) But it's so interesting and fascinating. And it, 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 do you know what it reminds me exactly of is, um, um, Alan Moore's 1964 comics? Or was it 1967? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I haven't read them. But I think it's nineteen sixty four.
0: Yeah. I own sixty three. Sixty three. Nineteen sixty three, excuse me. With like Mr. Moon or whatever in the shits. It's just so it's such in the fury that's the Spider Man knockoff. It's like everything is like a janky knockoff of something and just weird comic book storytelling. I, I don't know. Like it is an odd thing. And it, it's fucking fascinating. Like, I can't believe that so much of something exists that it does as much as it does for, you know, good or bad, you know, whatever degree of success. Like, I I can't believe that it exists. It's it's kind of incredible to me. It
1: It's very audacious. hmm. It's trying for a lot. And I think that's why I yeah. say its reach exceeds its grasp, because I feel like I think it ask a lot of questions and mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily answer them all.
0: I, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't know that it's capable of any of these answers. It's. It's just. It's too basic. It's too immature. You know this. This. God Almighty! What? What's going on? I can't even. Head? I can't even like.
1: Well, I mean, it. it, it has. It looks, it... Go, go ahead.
0: ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it. It looks like a. It looks like a dumb super comic booky like like one of the most comic booky things i've ever read and like people are like this guy gives his parents cancer mm-hmm. and like they're they're uh, there's some dark shit in here no, it's, and it never looks or feels dark
1: no it it is that is i think like the most interesting thing about it is the that contrast between Full on appearance of a typical superhero comic of the late seventies, early eighties, and but juxtaposed next to that is P- the the character, the Radiation Man character, Nuke, mm-hmm. giving can giving his parents cancer and then dying, getting killed by the Green Lantern analog, uh, yep. th- uh the one of one of the other one of the members using the brainwashing thing to program one of the female members to love him mm-hmm. on top of the all the brainwashing of villains stuff which is like this is I would say handled I this is handled better than identity crisis handles all that stuff frankly
0: oh yeah uh, which no it's it's way better which than is that. saying
1: something that considers identity crisis came out like 2001 um the ideas of like of the 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 fake Superman killing the Wonder Woman's aged husband by mm-hmm. sucking the oxygen sucking out of his the lungs, air out of his
0: lungs. Oh my god!
1: And then she falls in love with him, and then the real Superman comes back. Hyperion comes back, kills him, makes his eyes explode. They make each other's eyes melt, and then. She's like, no, I still love the idea of you, so we're together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just a lot of just layers of this craziness.
0: Yeah. And darkness. It's It's absolutely insane. No, like, it's stunning how wild it is. And all the characters that die.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of death in this thing.
0: There's a lot of death in this book. Oh my God. It's so crazy.
1: Well, that's, and I think that's part of the appeal of it is, you know, Gruenwald, he loved the Justice League. Uh-huh. He worked for Marvel this pretty much his entire career, but he loved the Justice League. And this is his pitch for like, let, I, we have these analogs. They're doing nothing. They just sit in a parallel universe. Let me tell a story with them. And because we're not using them and because they don't really matter, I can kill off as many of them as I want. They could do mm-hmm. kind of atrocious things because it, there's less meaning
0: applied when they do it. You know, it's not, it, it, it has a very suicide squad sort of feel to it that way. Yes. I, I you think... know that these guys don't matter. So who gives a shit? This guy's gonna, you know, this guy's gonna fucking get brainwashed. This dude's going to get shot in the head or like whatever in the hell.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I, I feel like I don't know. I, I I what do you hate? You said you said you think there's things you love and there's things you hate.
0: I just no. I I don't know that there's things that I hate. Okay. I said I hate and love it in equal measure. Okay. But what you... I I just get like it gets so obnoxious seeing someone that's obviously Doctor Doom and he's Mister Marauder or whatever <laughs> in the fuck. Mister Menace. Thank you very much. Jesus fucking Christ. No, it's just so obnoxious, and it like gives me a fucking headache to to look at this stuff. It's just like, what in the, what in the actual fuck are you, what is this?
1: I, I think it, it it is strongest in places where, I mean, I think it gets stronger as it goes on, and these characters get uh, diverge a, somewhat mm-hmm. from their original tropes. The, yes, I think they get it gets better as you go on, and they get. I, I feel like this could be trimmed a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like there's some things in here that aren't that aren't necessary, and I feel like they were there just to somehow like the I, when they run into Captain America, like I, it doesn't feel like it's necessary. It feels like that's just to say, hey, this it's is a Marvel super, comic.
0: It's super weird and super jarring to see Captain America and Thor in this book. They don't need to be. It unnerves me. <laughs>
1: We should. So the, you're saying the next book we should should be is the Kurt Busiek uh, Avengers JLA crossovers. Have them just do the real deal crossover event, or do you want to read the the Marvel vs DC comics from the
0: 90s? No, I'm sorry, repeat yourself.
1: You, I, the the I was gonna, I was asking. So the next comic we should read is the JLA Avengers official crossover, or the Marvel vs DC comics from the 90s, amalgam mm-hmm. comics.
0: Oh God, are we gonna read a ma- Ugh. no Amalgam comics? I, I I mean, do you really are you are you being are you being facetious right now? I hope so. Come on,
1: don't you want to read the, the Adventures of Dark Claw?
0: That's exactly the one I thought of. I couldn't remember his name. The 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 Batman Wolverine, the most nineties thing that ever happened.
1: Superman, Captain America, one. Uh, what was his? Uh, I forget what his name was. It was. Superman basically just holding Captain America's shield. Yeah, um,
0: his his name was Imperialism.
1: I I don't I think that's the like it does really. I I'm gonna ask you about a very specific thing, and I like it's the thing that stood out to me. It's the thing I'm gonna remember. I think of all like I think of all the characters, Tom Thumb is my favorite.
0: Mm, I like him a lot.
1: And the most I don't know if I don't know if it's a Good decision, but it certainly is jarring. Is the panel that is just like Tom Thumb died a week later?
0: Where are they poochie him? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm. It, it is literally that, but a decade mm-hmm. before poochie existed. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: What is really jarring, and it's really it stands out in this comic because that is mm-hmm. not a. It's. It's I, the
0: last panel in the comic, and it's it doesn't even look like it's hand lettered like everything else is
1: it's a really strange it, decision
0: it I, I think it's very effective it is it like kind of made my stomach churn to see it you know it's
1: like a slap in the just face, this, this,
0: the, huh yeah no it's really it 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 was very different than anything else and it really called attention to it and it really like you feel it it was wild it was absolutely wild
1: and Apex.
0: Man, I like Apex. No,
1: I, I I, like Apex. I think Apex is also another really... I, again, the characters that are further away from the direct analogs, I think, are some of the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Apex is just kind of like a weird amalgamation like Gorilla Grodd and whatever. Um, But she, like, gets brain... Her brain breaks because of the programming. And she l- loves Tom Thumb. And, uh, It's like, that's the stuff that I think works in this really well. It's Mm -hmm. that, it's when it gets, I feel like the parts that don't work are kind of just, there's a lot of plot in this that I don't think is necessary. And I think whenever he's closest, just like these characters, like Tom Thumb facing the fact that he can't cure cancer and for some, like he blames himself for that. And then he himself has cancer and, you know, Apex falls in love with him because of programming. But then because of that same programming, she can't do anything about these people that have come to take over for the squadron who are bad are bad they're bad
0: really obviously bad yeah that's like so obviously corny i don't know
1: it's it's i I don't i like do you think do you think that all of these all of those things that are obvious to us are intended to be obvious or is it i feel like I'm not sure if it is. I feel just like nowadays because that this style is so dated and so of that era, it works better in concert with like, hey, the reader doesn't – we're going to act like it's Hyperion and Wonder Woman power power princess. (laughs) Power princess. How Hyperion and power princess and their crew –
0: Princess powerful.
1: Yes, exactly. How – they're no, they're actually just doing the better. It's, this is for the good of the humanity. And it's like, it's clearly, no, they're, they're opening up cans of worms that they certainly shouldn't. And are, I, that's the thing like, I'm not sure of is like, is it, is it obvious to us because Hey, clearly we have a better handle on ethics in 2017 than we did in 1985. Or is it obvious to us because like, cause it's supposed to be obvious but we're supposed to be obscure like it's obscure to the reader because it's in this comic book style
0: your question's still confusing i
1: i know i'm trying to phrase it better it's hard <laughs> okay so the the comic is is incredibly couched in the style of the time right oh with, yeah with with the art and di- writing the art and the dialogue are very are very of the, that time period, and you know the the the, the characters it's, it's, announce their attentions. They don't talk necessarily like real people.
0: It's garish. It's comic booky. Yes, I mean it is.
1: I feel like because I think, frankly, this comic book works better now than it did then because some of I think the ambiguous theming, the ambiguous tone which I don't think is necessarily intentional works better Mm -hmm. in concert with that style
0: in concert with that style. So now like,
1: I think the ideas of like, Oh, the squadron Supreme is bad. It takes them a a long time. Like this, like I said, it takes, I mean, it takes the entire thing for someone to go more than two members of the superhero team to go, Hey, maybe we shouldn't brainwash people.
0: And they say it immediately.
1: Well, well two of them do.
0: Uh, yeah, th- that's well, that's definitely the author discussing it. That I mean the 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 whole book is mostly about it being bad about it. It it, it doesn't it doesn't take till the end. But the whole the whole I mean, story I... is shaped around it. Yeah, they show a lot of positives from it, but they always dissent from the from the beginning. I mean, okay, so maybe I'm I think I'm missing maybe the thrust of what you're saying. I mean, when
1: we talked about identity crisis, we talked to me like my main point of contention with that book. There's a lot of problems with it. My main problem is Superman even entertaining the idea of any of this being okay. And Superman going hearing like there I remember distinctly in that book, Superman has super hearing. Mm-hmm. And if he can hear whatever he wants to hear. And I believe in that book it is, explicitly says yeah, Superman heard it, but he didn't hear it. You know, selective hearing. He didn't, he turned it off because he didn't want to know. And that immediately was impossible to me. Superman doesn't do that. Superman is pure good. All right. If he's, there's a problem, and especially with his own superhero guys, like brainwashing people, erasing memories, things like this, he'd immediately have a problem with it. And ostensibly, like, I understand that these are different characters, theoretically. <laughs> that theoretically hyperion is not superman and princess power is not wonder woman and all that but i all i took it at face value that that's who they are you know they wouldn't use those analogs unless we're supposed to take an effect like yeah they're actual this is just superman and take into mind like he has all these powers he was adopted at a young age by human parents uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that raised him and gave him the values of america's name
0: was Martha, yeah
1: exactly I took it at face value that they're roughly the same, and we should view them in that same light. Mm-hmm. So it it's it's sort of like the problem I had was with, with Civil War two, where we're engaging with a solved problem. Like I to me, any person that is like a member of the Justice League or mm-hmm. the Avengers, they immediately know no this stuff is bad. We shouldn't yeah. it, it like it doesn't matter. How like, oh, how much good it could do, mm-hmm. I feel like they're smart enough to realize immediately, no, we shouldn't brainwash people. That's a bad, awful thing to do to people, regardless of who they are
0: well that's that's kind of that's kind of why I was bringing up you talking about um uh Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. it's a middle
1: school view of,
0: yeah it right. is a it is like a almost kind of like a young person's like a naive view not that the writer's naive but it's kind of a naive exploration of these kind of ideas and given where the the genre of superhero comics was at this time um i don't know i see this is pretty cutting edge you know this this makes me think of the claremont Uh, like the best of the Claremont stuff that we read in The New Mutants, um, just as being so weird and whacked out, but still feeling so clearly of that era, you know? To where when you get to Watchmen and Alan Moore, that is like that big step off of stuff like this into the next era. It was a big growth spurt for the genre.
1: I think then my question is, I feel like the style obscures that naivete a little bit.
0: How do you say?
1: Because it could get caught up in that pastiche of it being a comic of its time. Like a 1963 is. hmm Like, because it is – because that style obscures precise writing, like Wa- Watchmen is not that, and it feels incredibly mm-hmm. precise about what it's saying. yeah. And I feel like this style is not incredibly precise. It feels like, you know, you have a billion panels with a billion characters, all of them talking Mm -hmm. all the time, never talking like real people, always just kind of delivering information Mm -hmm. for the most part. I feel like it works better because it has that style with it that is kind of naturally obtuse to how we understand modern comics. So I the the message because it it is middle school message, like, yeah, don't brainwash people is what we eventually get to at the end. Yeah. Eventually they figure that, hey, that's bad. It only takes like ten people, ten superheroes dying. Uh, and one of the and poor Apex to lose her mind, her gorilla mind. Poor Apex. Rest in power. She doesn't die, does she? the computer? No, Ape, the uh, the gorilla.
0: Oh, ape X. I was, I Apex. I was like I thought she said Apex. Apex. was like is that the computer's no, name? No, Apex. Yes. She dies? Sort of is like Apex.
1: It is very there's a, the only thing difference is a small exhalation of mm-hmm. a small pause,
0: a white space,
1: a uh, a vacuum. Mhm. Apex. I don't think she dies, right? She's still alive at the just, end.
0: Just yeah, just whatever. <laughs> I don't know.
1: There's a million characters in this thing, also. There are quite a few, There's a lot of characters in it, and I...
0: A whole Justice League worth.
1: There's more than a Justice League worth, honestly, because you have the Justice League, and then all of their villains that have ever existed. Uh Barely. All of these Haywire, with his wire powers. It's a weird one. (laughs) I don't know. Did you ever read Ultraverse comics? No. Okay.
0: Not even sure what that is comic books in the 90s i mean with a name like ultraverse it's got to be great
1: you've probably seen them prime
0: yeah i know prime yeah that's
1: ultraverse prime is ultraverse prime is shazam but goopy Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what
0: (laughs) great pitch
1: it's kind of what i mean It's just like hey instead of you saying a magic word you become prime by goop powers you have goop in
0: you it's was Liefeld, wasn't it?
1: No, I don't think so. I forget who... Like, I don't know if there's any, like, really big name, but L I loved them when I was 13. I'm sure if I read them now, they'd be terrible. I just want to... It sounds I,
0: pretty terrible. I
1: still have kind of a appeal. Like, I still want to read them. Like, it's, hey, we should... Like, I want to listen to corn all of a sudden. It's that yeah, same... It,
0: that that shit just happened. It's
1: just like, I just want to punish Bring myself. Bring it back. Um,
0: it's called a runner.
1: Like, I mean, those are all also very clear... Weird, pe- they were like, Hey, we, we're trying to make new characters. What are their powers? Um, um, we can't do just straight up super strength. So let's make it goopy. I don't, that I, I don't know. I think this is really, it's really interesting. It's also incredibly dense because of the sheer amount of text on every page. There is a lot of text. We haven't talked. What do you think about the art? Is it more any, any more than just a kind of stereotypical early, mid 80s art, comic art?
0: Yeah. I mean, even the ones that are great, I, I don't really. There's nothing that really stands out about it. It's actually quite hard to look at. Color's glorious. It's exactly as obnoxious as it needs to be.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it is perfectly functional for what it's doing like i feel like that's mm-hmm. also like i don't know if it didn't like i feel like it is a weird it is more than a sum of its parts mm-hmm. like i feel like that's the the best thing i can say about this book is that it does a lot of really interesting things that i don't know reading this this feels bigger than those other the, uh, the other like judas contract
0: mm-hmm. like y- no yes
1: it this feels like do it does a lot more than Judas contract and this frankly is not that well known a comic you know it only got collected when grimwald died it you know it it was never it didn't have a big following at the time as nearly as many of those other books you know of that era of Judas contract of Watchmen, for sure, of Dark Knight Returns, of Year Year One, any of those books. You know, those they they were those are massive books, and this was just kind of under the wire, under the radar kind of thing. Because, frankly, probably because it's just feel full of analog characters. You know, it's not Batman fighting Superman in this; it is Nighthawk fighting Hyperion. It is it is evil Hyperion sucking the oxygen out of fake uh uh what's his face Steve Tre- Steve Trevor Trevor. What's it? The Wonder Woman dude?
0: Uh, Wonder Woman's dude. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really need to know.
1: Chris Pine played him in the movie? Chris Pine. <laughs> so we're just calling him? hmm <laughs> just, just calling him that. He's fine. He's close. Mm-hmm. Steve Trevor. I was right. I was right. That is the name. That's his name. I was like, two first names? That can't be right. Nope, that's right. Steve Trevor. It's not a good name, is it? Hmm. Oh, I'm a, I'm a fan, but I like, there's a, I can see, like, there are so many comics that we've read that have taken the very specific plot lines from this and used them in few other stories. You know, I mean, it's not like these are all revolutionary ideas, like brainwashing and gun control, but it's interesting to see the, 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 the DNA of this in other things later on, um feel like the best version of it is still the Fantastic Four Reed Richards solve everything comics. And he eventually is like, no, actually I should not do this. This is bad. Um but it's in Uncanny X Force is identity Crisis, Civil War two, basically. Like all these comics that are like also like shredding and like these moral areas. New Avengers with Hickman's new Avengers stuff, saving worlds versus killing them. Now you know where Hyperion came from, Eric. Are you excited?
0: I'm deeply uncomfortable.
1: Or Nighthawk. They're still around.
0: That's true. Nighthawk's weird.
1: He's a... How about, how about Dr. Spectrum?
0: That's what I really needed in my life.
1: Some green knockoff Green Lantern? Malto meal Green Lantern. And i like, that's very good. Ugh. <sighs> uh. I don't know, I think it's worth reading. It's it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting artifact.
0: hmm hmm I think that's the best way really to look at it. It is a, a super strange thing. That kinda shouldn't exist. <laughs> like it's it's weird. It is weird. It's so unreal. It's really fun. What do you I want don't to, know.
1: Uh, anything hmm? else you want to say? I don't think so. So, folks, uh, that that was Squadron Supreme. Mark Grunewald, Bob Hall, Paul Ryan. Next week, we'll be reading Black Panther. Um, Brian uh, Tana Hesse Black Panther volumes one through three with the let's see, Brian Selfridge and Chris Sprouse uh, trading art duties back and forth. Uh, that's the first three volumes. Read along with us. They're on CR right now on uh, on on Comicsology if you want to get them for cheap. I think that'll do it for us this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us any of those places. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, any other podcast app or service you use. We should be there. Uh, like us and, and give us a five star review. You know, it doesn't have to be much, it could be simple and to the point. Uh, but it does help uh, more people find the show. And we do appreciate that. Word of mouth is also greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online?
0: Well, you can go and see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where you can see the progress, my mural eventually, uh, and my Twitter. And I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight.
1: That we will call it a day. Have a good one.
0: Rock and roll.